When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. He has a lot of great ideas. He's not a stupid man. He's worth $9 billion. I feel like our country is going down the drain. He's actually a very intelligent man who cares deeply about America. There is no question that this is the person who will go to Washington, D.C. and be able to absolutely turn the place around. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I am Leon Nafok, filling in for Jacob Weisberg. Uh, Today on the show, we're going to jump a year into the future and see what the news will look like if Trump becomes president. But before we get into that, let's check in on Trump's latest tweets. Isn't it a shame that the person who will have by far the most delegates and many millions more votes than anyone else may still must fight? Bernie Sanders says that Hillary Clinton is unqualified to be president based on her decision-making abilities. I could go along with that. The New York Times purposely covers me so inaccurately. I want other nations to pay the U.S. for our defense of them. We are the suckers no more. I win a state in votes and then get non-representative delegates because they are offered all sorts of goodies by Cruz campaign. Bad system. How is it possible that the people of the great state of Colorado never got to vote in the Republican primary? Great anger. Totally unfair. Boston Globe's Ideas section, which is actually where I used to work, just ran a front page with a giant picture of, quote, President Trump. The headlines read, deportations to begin, and markets sink as trade war looms. And the date up top said April 9th, 2017. For those of you not doing the math at home, Trump is not yet president, and that date is a year from now. Joining me to discuss this front page is the editor of the Globe's Ideas section, Katie Kingsbury. Katie, thanks for joining me on Trumpcast. Hi, thank you for having me. All right. Well, so tell me about the meeting where this idea was hatched. I'd love to sort of get a sense of what you guys were envisioning at the beginning and how it developed from there. Sure, of course. So, you know, uh, this is actually the fourth time the Boston Globe editorial page has editorialized against Trump. We endorsed John Kasich in the February New Hampshire primary. And, you know, we, we sat down and we were really talking about, you know, this is, a unique election, how can we be unconventional about how we reach our readers and have an impact? And we came up with this idea. It was a lot about what are the policy positions that we should be talking about? Um, what is Trump pledging? The reality is, is that he's really only talked about a handful of policies in which he's gotten into any specifics. So we really focused on those. 
And we started this process out trying to be a bit funny and then quickly realized that actually this is really serious and that we, um, especially as the campaign got a little darker, we really wanted to um, not only get people's attention, but have them realize how troubling some of the things that Trump is saying really are. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty drastic, even maybe like radical step for a newspaper to take. I get the sense from, from what you just said and, and actually just from reading it that it seems like it maybe almost grew out of like a building frustration over how to cover this guy in a way that makes an impact in a way that actually gets people to, to pay attention. Is that kind of uh, do I do I read that right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you well know, um, editorial page at the Boston Globe and, and editorial pages across the country, they work separately from our newsroom. And one thing that we do every single day is comment on politics and other news events. This is uh, more of the same. It's just a unique way of doing that. And we really wanted him to see in black and white the things that he's saying um, so that not only our readers could see, but also the rest of the GOP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is political satire, but it's also a political statement. We want the GOP to pause. We want it to ask itself, do we share in the vision that Donald Trump is laying out? You know, um, are we satisfied with settling for a campaign uh, for a candidate almost as extreme as Ted Cruz? And, um, you know, ask itself tough tough questions about whether or not this is the direction it wants to move forward in. So you lead with uh, the, the the top story on this uh, on this April 9th, 2017 day is that deportations are about to begin. How did you guys decide that that was the, the lead uh, and not not something else? Like, why did that why did that proposal strike you guys as like the most urgent? You know, obviously, the Obama administration has been doing deportations um, throughout President Obama's time in the White House. In fact, 2.5 million people have been deported in the Obama administration since 2009. That said, um, and it's something that actually the editorial board at the Boston Globe has repeatedly called for comprehensive immigration reform, and it's something that we have, you know, trained a a sharp eye on. That said, um, you know, we started with the things that we think are the most morally reprehensible and Donald Trump's plan of sent, you know, taking 11 million people and essentially disappearing them from our daily lives, sending them back to countries where they might face violence or other repercussions. That's something that we found really, really troubling. And um, that's why we decided to focus there. I wonder how Trump supporters uh, react to the to the front page. I wonder if they read it and think, "Huh, this you know this sounds pretty good." Have you had any reaction from from, from Trump fans? <laughs> uh, we've definitely had some reaction. I can give you a, a sense of it. I think that it really runs the gamut, right? Like there are some people who are um, you know very upset by it. They um, have accused us of journalistic bias, which is troubling because we are an opinion section. We right. <laughs> um, comment on news all the time um, and, um, you know, backed by rigorous reporting, of course. I mean, the one thing about all of these stories that appear on the idea section front yesterday is that they're, they're based in fact. But we've also, of course, heard from people who have said, yes, this is the America that Donald Trump is promising, and it's one that we find appealing. We just simply find that appalling and we want um and and deeply disturbing and and we wanted to make sure that even donald trump knew what um what he was saying and and what the logical conclusions were for what he was saying did you think that trump would have a reaction to it Uh, you know we sent him copies of the paper um about 100 copies actually the trump tower um and we really didn't know what to expect 
And so he did, in fact, respond at a rally on Sunday in Rochester, New York. He said, how about that stupid Boston Globe? It's worthless. Sold for a dollar. Uh, and then he went on to say that everything in the paper is made up. What, what, was, your, uh, what was your reaction to that? I wasn't surprised. Um, I'm not sure anyone would be surprised by that reaction from Trump. It's simply him saying empty words with no facts or figures, accurate facts or figures behind it. Um, That said, we wanted to really have a conversation and start a conversation about Trump's vision for America. And we think that his comments just push that conversation forward. And we're, we're pleased by that. I guess my favorite thing about his reaction, which I guess also included him saying, they wrote a really dishonest story, a totally dishonest story, uh, which is really how he responds, I think, to real stories that are written about him, not right. just uh, <laughs> manifestly manifestly fake ones, um, which I thought was quite quite funny and telling. Um, right. I mean, the reality is, is almost all of these stories have are, quote, Donald Trump verbatim. And again, we've also heard from his supporters who say, wow, this is actually the America that we want. Um, So someone is misinformed, and it would be great if he could clarify, you know, some of his um, details to his policy proposals and and what we got wrong here. Um, Actually, that's 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 a um, that's something that I wanted to ask you about, too. Like you said, you you guys quoted him verbatim in in, in these pieces, obviously taking stuff that he has said uh, so far. There's like there's one point in the in the top story where you guys mentioned the four hundred billion dollar deportation program. Did you guys try to actually budget this out? Is it, was it like a, an attempt to really estimate how much his vision would cost? Yeah, we um, one thing that we did was we did uh, you know the rigorous reporting that we always do for editorial writing. We spoke to economists and policy analysts. Um, we read you know countless reports about people who have really taken Donald Trump at his word and taken what he's saying to their natural conclusions. And so every time we tried to use a a fact or a figure, uh, we tried to have it based in fact. All right. Well, last question. There's obviously a bunch of really uh, provocative and amusing items on the on the page that you guys put out. Was there any uh, cutting room floor stuff that you that you uh, were sad to lose that you could tell us about? Oh, (laughs) so much. I mean, what you're seeing is the final draft of dozens of versions of this. And, um, you know, one of the the fun parts about it was kind of the poetic license that we were able to take with some of these things and to um, poke a little bit of fun um, at Donald Trump and his supporters as um, and the people who have endorsed him. Katie Kingsbury is the editor of the Boston Globe's Ideas section. Check out the Ideas section. Really, one of the greatest newspaper sections in America. Katie, thanks again for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode of Trumpcast. Tell us what you think of the show by giving us a rating and review on iTunes. And don't forget to hit subscribe while you're there to get our latest episode as soon as it releases. Trumpcast is produced by Henry Malofsky and Jason DeLeon. Slate's executive producer is Steve Lichtai. Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. And thanks as always to John D. Domenico, our voice of Donald Trump. These tweets were recorded by some guy named John D. Domenico. Listen, he shouldn't be doing this. I'm Donald Trump. He's not... I should be reading these, not him. Seriously. Today, I'll leave you with this clip from Louis C.K. on The Opie and Anthony Show from 2011. Louis thinks he has figured out why so many older women travel from around the country to Trump's casinos in Atlantic City. I'm Leon Nafak. Jacob will be back later in the week. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. And then I was in an elevator and Trump got on with Marla Maples at the time. And everyone was like, oh, there they are. They were really excited. They saw them. All the, oh my God, there's Trump and the woman he's fucking illicitly. (laughs) 
and they get on the elevator, and uh, and uh, Trump looked miserable. I was in the elevator alone with him, just by chance, and he just looked miserable. Uh. He looked so unhappy. Yeah. And all that money, I realized, is a weird. Like, he has all this billions of dollars, but he's fucking miserable because he needs a hundred billion to look in the mirror right. and not want to kill himself. He needs that. These old ladies from Kentucky, they don't need anything. They have like maybe a thousand dollars in the bank. Right. It's like they're coming. It's like a religion. Like they're coming to help him feel better. Like they're coming <laughs> to giving, give him money. Giving him the money. He's like, I have a hundred billion dollars and I don't fuck it. Fuck everybody. It's not enough. And these old ladies are like, I have maybe a thousand. You can have all of it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you help. all of it. I'll take a bus all day to give it to I, you. We could have pumped it into our own.